actually recording an episode (laughs) oh my god who knew that was even possible at this point i'm sure everybody was just thinking we've fallen off the face of the earth yeah honestly i thought you had i haven't heard from (laughs) you no i'm just kidding (laughs) i know my gosh i haven't spoken to you in four weeks (laughs) no it literally feels like that i think once we get off of our basic recording schedule it almost feels like we we can't don't see each other but again but then again we have like two conversations still at one time like I'll be talking to you on Instagram, but also talking to you through yes. text about two completely different things. I know. Oh, that's kind of sad. We should still talk every single day. What is wrong with us? We mostly do. At least we some kind do. of... At least one little text or so. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I know. But you know so what? So why are you mad at me? You want- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's now that I got you here. <laughs> yeah. So now that I'm back from the dead... Um, <laughs> Speaking of Back from the Dead, Diablo Cody's writing a new movie. Oh my gosh! It looks I'm that is exciting news to me. I know, I but I'm like I thought that they said that she was writing it, and then all of a sudden it's being cast. I'm like, what? Did Shirley yeah. finish it? It might be bad. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when she started writing this, but this movie is going to be called Lisa Frankenstein. It's her her return to the oh, horror comedy. Uh, my God. I just got the reference. <laughs> Lisa Frank Einstein. Ah, hello. I, I had, think you and I have a drag queen friend who has been using that name for years. When I say friend, it's somebody that we used to know. Her name is Lisa Frankenstein, so she should oh. sue. <laughs> yeah, I would sue. Yeah, right. Like she has that name trademark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, Lisa Frankenstein, what a fun little play on words. Yeah. Because I think it does take place in, like, the 80s, right? Isn't that what it said? Yes, it said, said like, 1986. Oh. Oh. Maybe I'm backwards. Maybe I'm backwards. 69? Yeah, 1969. So, (laughs) you know, the days of the leg warmers. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for it. They said that Cole Sprouse will be in it. Um, Great. And then a uh, Catherine Newton <laughs> of Freaky. So the, I yes. like her. I'm, I'm getting. She's. I'm warming up to her. So yes, I'm. I'm excited to see her again. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited related. to see what else Catherine. Ha- I was. I was want to call her Catherine Hahn. I don't know why. Catherine Newton. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what else she's got. She's so. She was so much fun and freaky, and she did such a great job. I think that. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever she has next and what she can bring to the horror genre. Yeah, she's the horror comedy genre. uh, A scream queen. Speaking of scream queens, Jenna Ortega, it's getting closer and closer to spooky season, and she's going to be starring in Wednesday on Netflix, which we talked about many times on the show before, but now we finally got the first look at her 
in the show, what did you think that she looked like? Shit? <laughs> no, I thought she looked so good. She looks she perfect. Does. She looks perfect. She, she looks perfect. She looks um, younger than she has she in a minute. I mean, it's the baby doll dress. It's the pigtails. It's all of it. It's, yeah. um, but she looks fantastic. I'm really excited to see what the rest of them look like. Oh, yeah. I want to see the whole cast. Give me Catherine. Give me, um, what's his name? The other one. Luis. Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the Hocus Pocus 2 trailer came out, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. And I am pleasantly surprised. I am pleasantly surprised. So the main girl, I don't know the actress's name, but she's cute. Very cute. And she's from Gossip Girl. And I do enjoy her acting on that. Okay. As, as good as it can be, right? But sure, she sure, looks sure, like sure, she's sure. serving it up in Hocus Pocus 2 with like some natural witch shit versus it's like the craft, but like in the world of Sabrina the Teenage Witch starring Melissa Joan Hart, but in the <laughs> universe of Hocus Pocus. Oh my god. I mean I I mean at first I was kinda like, okay, so we had like that bird flying and it does it did feel a little darker in tone, I would say. Yes. Um, yeah. There was no more neon purple skies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, okay, I think I had even called for that when we were talking about what Hocus Pocus 2, what we'd want to see from it. And I was like, oh yeah, what darker and scarier, make it for adults. But then, then we get the clip at the end of the trailer where we get like the classic, like, the I don't humor. know what feels like the, yeah, like the tone of the original. And I was like, yes. oh wait, actually the, I do love this and I would love to keep yeah. it like this. Oh, I was excited to see the girls kind of doing their chant in the woods and yeah. That- the background was like that cartoonish surreal backdrop that they used in the original and the finale yeah. the climax i was Ooh. like look at that big ass fake moon like yes that is what i was hoping for like keep it consistent tonally so that everybody that loves the original will love this one too so i think they're going yes. for that oh my gosh i was so excited my only complaint though is i don't like sarah jessica parker's wig no mama it's harsh it's it's not good it does not look like her hair in the original it no, looks like it, it's way it's not the same style it's way yeah. differently it's like part in the middle i loved when her hair was to the side a little bit me too those my are the best scene, scenes the, my favorite scene is when she's on the bus and she's sitting on the yes on the, on the bus driver's lap and she's like beep beep speed bump or whatever you know yeah um her hair looks so good in that scene it's like kind of swept to the side she kind of has like a side bang yes i was like yes. that is the wig not this middle part Betty Spaghetti wig. No, no. So they gave us a taste. It wasn't much, but it was enough to get us excited for sure. September 30th, yes. streaming on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not going to see it. Oh. oh my God. Well, wait a minute. Okay, first of all, I was going to say back to Jenna Ortega. She does look younger also because of those bangs. And she's rocking those bangs on the set of Scream 6. Which now we're hearing that it's set in New York. New York City. Potentially during spooky season, Halloween. Okay. Just pumpkins and things on set, which, you know. Who is this? That's gonna be exciting. I mean, we've we've had uh, you know a big city before. We've had the backdrop of Hollywood, Los Angeles. Like that's fun. So now to move it to another big city like New York, I'm really excited to see what they bring. And I'm sure they were thinking that. 
I'm sure they were thinking. <laughs> no, I'm sure they were thinking that how do we blend in Ghostface into a busy ass city? You know, it was kind of easy in the small the town. Hollywood version because it was the oh. well that but then the Hollywood version because it was they were filming Stab. But now yeah, so the backdrop was wasn't really Los Angeles. It was the studio a set. Yes. Other yeah, there was like one or two scenes. I mean, only one I can think of, which is the house at the top of the. You know that blows up. That's the only yes. like thing I can think of outside of the mansion and the and the set that yeah. people are being killed on. So it felt I felt like still kind of ice so, or small. You so know, they're probably like, "What should we do? Oh, let's just make it Halloween." Like, come on. Yeah. Um, what do what what do you predict from the New York setting? What do you think? What do you well, predict is going to happen? We all know Ms. Gail Weathers' show is in New York. Yeah, so yeah. she's going to play a key role in bringing some of these characters together. And I'm I'm starting to hear buzzes of what they think. Now, some people are saying that the Woodsboro crew from Scream 5 is has moved to New York together to start anew. But some people are speculating that Gail Weathers is doing a special in which she brings back all the survivors. Right, enter Kirby. And huh. kind of... And kind of... Un... Un... Ravels the story a little bit more, but at the same time, unmasking now, the killer. Now uh, there's a new ghost face who is like in heaven because all the survivors are together, ready to be slaughtered. Oh damn! I mean, yeah, that's a that's a predictable premise. I would say I, th- I could see a lot of that happening for sure. Yeah, I predict at least one subway attack, like an empty subway, at and night. then like, lights flickering. I'm all alone. When's the train gonna get here? The train Phone stops. Call. The she falls dead in front of everybody. Oh my god! Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's gonna see her reflection. Think it's a ghost face, but it's just her reflection. Like, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I predict at least one one subway stabbing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, street stabbing. You know, it's New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like a lot of what people were saying. They're like, they're like. Like they, this ain't shit having ghost face in New York City. We should we see shit like this all the time. This is yeah, what we it's constantly not be a big deal with. over there. Maybe that's a good <laughs> thing though. You know, they're not the center of attention. They're not getting the yeah. fame, the notoriety. So how much can he do in the shadows of New York? I know. Oh my Ooh. gosh. I wonder what borough it's going to take place in. In Washington Heights, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Oh my Brooklyn. god. Uh, uh, Melissa Melissa Barrera is playing two characters. She's playing yes. Sam and Vanessa. But oh my god, <gasps> that would be brilliant. Yeah, it's a oh musical. Oh my gosh, it's a musical. Set in Halloween, but it's scream. It's scream. I love yeah. it. I'm not scared of Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> no me diga. Yeah. <laughs> the killer is gonna be a piragua, piragua, <laughs> piragua, because I scream. Bitch, I figured it out. And the cover will be the ghost face mask in ice cream. And shaved in ice. Red. Bitch, I'm speechless. I'm so Bitch. dead. You were so, you were so dumb for that. I'm a genius, you mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, this is unfortunate because while the rest of us are watching Scream in theaters in March, Jake will be sailing the high seas internationally. I will be, Yes. It is true. I feel like this was supposed to happen a while ago, but didn't. But um, as of right now, 
Come September, I will be taking nine months off from my life to go travel around the world on a cruise ship, sing songs, and uh, make some money. So I won't be back until May, which means that I will be missing the premiere of Scream. Don't hang up on me. That is horrifying to me. That is a horrifying thought. It's a horrifying thought. You're going to be a scream. I'm not going to be able to go back to LA and watch it with you. I'm going to have to find something else to do. Oh, no. To make it special. But this also means that Fear the Talking Queers is coming to a halt for about a year. Oh, my God. Yes, this is true. I mean, who knows what the next incarnation will be? If it will still be Fear the Talking Queers, will it be something else? Who knows? But, um, yeah, we're taking a legitimate hiatus. Yeah, this is a huge hiatus. We've only ever taken about one to two months in between seasons. No, bitch, yeah. this time, yeah. this is for real. And I think that having done that has miraculously got us to our 100th episode, which is <gasps> this one we're listening to today. 100! So fitting. It's our 100th episode it's a movie called The Final Girls. It is the season finale, like a season four. This is the stars are aligned. The stars are aligned. This all makes sense, and um, it's it's gonna be an emotional goodbye for sure. Um, but it's not a goodbye forever. It's a goodbye for now. For now, and I think when we come back, we might be doing Fear the Talking Queers a whole lot differently. This may be the end of Fear the Talking Queers for good. Oh no! Bum, oh. Bum, bum. However, while Jake is away traveling the shores of beautiful Greece and Egypt and wherever else you go, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be sitting my ass right motherfucking here doing more podcasts. So yes. I will still be available to listen to on podcasts. One of them is called Valley Boy, that's my solo one. And I'm also starting a new one with my other friend. Excuse me? And it's going to be called, actually, one of the titles that we entertained further back before the inception of Fear the Shocking Queers, L.A. to the Bay. Oh, my God. L.A. to the Bay. How cute. he lives in L.A. also. So I was like, why don't we recycle that? You've been recast, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, um, we didn't use it because it sounds like a flop. So um, I hope it works out for you. I'm just kidding. No, I'm so excited for you. I know that you wish me all the success in the world. Of course I do. Of course. You deserve it all. Everybody, please tune in to every single one of Frankie's podcasts and episodes. And I'm sure you'll be entertained just like you always have been. Always, always. And I'm excited for you to go back to what you love to do and travel perform stripping yeah and i can be happier before it gets too sad in here um let's get into our movie yes this week we are doing the final girls <laughs> <laughs> yes we are doing the final girls which is um you know we picked it because we thought the title was very appropriate because we are the this is the final girl episode you know yeah. we've made it we've we conquered gotta... the beast and now um, yes you know we get to walk off into the sunset Yes, 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 yes. That is exciting to do this movie. I think that's what we decided because we were going to do Drop Dead Gorgeous. But I was like, no, there has to be some kind of like farewell sort of like 
yeah. final final girls hello and we've been wanting to do this movie forever i think this yeah. movie is so much fun it's like it's a such a great um you know throwback and uh kind of spoof of that friday the 13th camp site horror that um, sleepaway camp the burning yeah yep, exactly yep, friday the 13th the big one yeah well but, yeah uh, I know, and um, so I think it, it, this is a really uh, fun movie for us, and I'm excited to do it for you today, so why don't we just get into it? Yes, this is The Final Girls. Hey, do you guys know the way to Camp Bluefinch? Yeah, actually, uh, we're counselors, and we can show you if you just give us a ride. Oh, rad! Yeah, hop in. Tubular. Come on, guys. You guys coming? The Final Girls, released in 2015, written by M.A. Fortin and Joshua John Miller. Our film begins with a trailer for an old-school Friday the 13th-esque slasher film called Camp Bloodbath, which features a group of counselors at Camp Bluefinch being terrorized by a machete-wielding masked killer named Billy Murphy, played by Danby Norris. Watching the trailer on her phone is Max Cartwright, played by Thaisa Farmiga. Her mother, Amanda, played by Malin Ackerman, was one of the leads in the film. Max waits in her car for her mom, who just finished an audition. Amanda is a bit discouraged since she feels she's only known for Camp Bloodbath and has been typecast. The two drive away and Amanda puts on the radio, which is playing Kim Carnes' Betty Davis Eyes, Amanda's favorite song. Maxson accidentally spills her milkshake on Amanda's headshots, distracting Amanda and causing her to hit a car, flip and roll across the deserted street. Uh, I don't think she hit the car. I think the car hit her, but okay. Title card, The Final Girls. Three years later, Max is now living with her aunt, her best friend Gertie, played by Alia Shawcat, picks her up to go study at a diner with her friends Chris, played by Alexander Ludwig. Gertie's stepbrother Duncan, played by Thomas Middleditch, enters and pleads with Max to attend a double feature for Camp Bloodbath and its sequel, Camp Bloodbath 2, Cruel Summer. It's a cruel, cruel, cruel summer. Since the show falls on the anniversary of Amanda's death, Max refuses, but Duncan eventually convinces her to show up as a special guest. Max, Gertie, Chris, and Duncan attend the double feature. They encounter Chris's ex-girlfriend and Max's former best friend Vicky, played by Nina Dobrev, who becomes a nuisance to the friends. They later watch the first movie, which plays to a huge crowd. Max feels a bit emotional watching her mom on the screen again. In the crowd, two guys pass around a liquor bottle, which gets dropped and rolls across the floor, spilling booze everywhere. Another guy lights up a cigarette. Mm, not a cigarette a joint, and the ash falls onto the liquor trail, igniting it and setting the theater ablaze. The audience runs for the exits, blocking it for Max and her friends. Max finds a sharp prop machete that one of the audience goers has dropped and leads Gertie, Chris, Duncan, and Vicky towards the screen. As Amanda's character screams in the movie, Max slices through the screen, which rips open to a blinding white light. They all rush into the light to save themselves. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh, okay. So the first thing that this movie starts with, right from the top, is sort of a reference point for the audience. Like, hey, everybody, this is basically going to be Friday the Thirteenth, and very similar to all those other camp counselors getting killed movies, right? Um, and so 
Yeah, they established this right off the bat. I guess this or, this originally was supposed to be in a different part of the movie, but they said they really wanted to set the tone for what kind of movie was going to be happening from the start because I guess it kind of confused people. Oh. People oh, weren't yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, what kind of movie is this? Like, is this like a sad movie? Is this an actual horror movie? Is this a... They didn't realize the like the comedic part of it, so they decided to put this trailer in the beginning of the movie as opposed to um, later on. Somewhere in the middle, sort of like a to serve as a flashback. But you know what? I think that shows because this in this opening with um, Amanda and Max feels very out of place. Like for some reason, the title card, the final girls coming in right after that, like real life sort of tragedy. I'm like. What a weird place to put the title, especially because the rest of it is a raucous comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that is like the the emotional the part of it. That's that's right. the heart the heart of this film, you know. That's, that's setting us up for the purpose of the movie, right? Guess, of course, yeah. of course. And so our movie starts with with a mother and a daughter. Amanda is the mother. She's a a struggling actress, a failed in the actress. Business. Oh, She's struggling. A- yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's a failed struggling actress um, <laughs> doing an audition like in an in a Asian market. I don't know what she's auditioning for. She it, it, she's just having trouble getting taken seriously as an actress because she's very well known from this incredibly campy serial killer movie from the 80s Camp Bloodbath which I think is interesting because I can't say that I could name any of the actual actors that have been in any of these older movies. These it's very like true. We slashers. don't know them beyond their character names. At least <laughs> yeah. from that era. You know what I mean? But then I again, know. we have like Miss Felissa Rose. Okay. All right. But that's she fair. thrives. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. It, it is very strange that she's, that she's so recognizable it, from this. I don't, I'm like, me. Okay, it's maybe. funny to me that they make her like, she's like an important part of the camp bloodbath movie because honestly she's not. And she's like, like <laughs> she like gets killed pretty quickly in the movie. Apparently she gets killed. It looked like within the first 30 minutes, she looks like the first she's person sort of killed like, other than the, uh, that hippie, the hippie girl. Yeah. <laughs> which is like not even a real death. <laughs> it's like the precursor, like, Ooh, like yeah. the opening kill. She's basically like, yeah, she's not in this movie. And (laughs) for her to come into the car upset and she's like, you know, they're always telling me, hey, where do I know you from? Oh, I know. Camp Bloodbath. I'm like, do you think that many people rented Camp Bloodbath? Because I know it wasn't in theaters. (laughs) I mean, maybe it was a huge, huge deal. Success. Maybe she's like the Heather Langenkamp of, you know, her series. Oh yeah, but see, then she she wouldn't be. That would be Miss Paula. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, you know, we we see they they have this very close relationship, Max and Amanda, because they're kind of hard on their luck, low on funds, I guess. And um, you know, we see Max kind of being the responsible mother figure, while the mother is like a you know an aspiring young you know artist young at heart probably who <laughs> I know. just loves to jam out to the radio to her favorite pop songs and um so we already see their kind of their dynamic is interesting you know the responsible young child and the less responsible adult who throws her bills out the window yeah and and turns off the radio i um, i Honestly, that'd be me <laughs> for me a mess. Malin- Ackerman, she they should have tried to age her. 
Because they did not age her at all. She looks the exact all. same. I was like, okay, wait. So this movie takes place probably in 2017, and yeah. Camp Bloodbath came out sometime in the 80s. 80s. So she should be like 50 years old. Yeah, she looks like maybe 35. And then when we get to Camp Bloodbath, she looks maybe 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody does. I yeah, I didn't like that. I was like, let's try to age her up a little bit. She looks like her older sister. Yeah. Your Farmiga looks older than her. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have the tragedy. Well, first we have Betty Davis eyes, which is a great song. Um, Give us I a think- sample. She's got Betty Davis eyes. Yeah. Like how, how anybody let Kim Carn sing? I don't know, but she has a great single. <laughs> she has a lot of character to her voice. She's a great one-hit wonder. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I prefer the Gwyneth Paltrow version, and if you're really gay, you'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even know what you're talking about. She she was in this movie called Duets with a bunch of other, like, you know, actors. Is that where she sings karaoke? Yes, it's a karaoke movie, and she sings Betty Davis Eyes, and it's actually a pretty fierce version. Is it? Yeah, that's the version. Does she have tons of facial expressions? No, she's Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we have the fatal accident that sets us up for Max's heartbreak and her journey and the rest of the movie. But this is a pretty severe cartoon car accident. I know. <laughs> this, yeah, it is It is strangely this, all CGI. This is but... uh, comparable to Santa Jaws. <laughs> I know. I mean, I guess they had a really good practical effects they use late, like later for the car explosion. That one is um, that was practical. their budget. Yeah, but they must have blown all their budget there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Say, it, it, it looks small silly, budget for but... sure. Small budget for sure. Yeah. So I will to... say though that that when this first when I first watched this, you know, I made it an event. The lights were all off and it was yeah. very loud, and I rented it, and I was like, "Whoa!" I did not see it coming. I, uh, yeah, I know. I feel like there's certain angles I notice when when this exact scenario happens in a movie because it happens quite a lot. You know, it's like not paying attention and T-bone from the side with like you can always tell like the That's shot is that it's always from the passenger seat and like the person's not looking and they're like kind of like laughing to the side, not watching yeah. the road. The and angle s- changes, the lighting yes, changes. Yes, and all of a sudden, and um. I know, I, I I did notice, I was like, this is that specific shot that always happens, but This is fine. also very Scream too because where is everybody on the street? I know, <laughs> just deserted. Even the <laughs> car that hit them. Yeah, where was the driver? Were they hit by a ghost? There was no driver, they were hit by a ghost. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I think this movie was, is like, always a supernatural movie, more than anything. <laughs> Yeah, ghosts and what is going on in this movie. So Curses. we'll get to it. But we meet more of our characters. We meet the star of the movie, Gertie, played by Alia Shawkat. Um, played by Alana Glazer. Alana I mean, Glazer. <laughs> I love that episode of Broad City where they... Me too. Where, where they, they... She's like, yeah. Like, she she's aware that they look like, but Alana has no idea. Like, do yes. you look like? And then she can't sleep up there because she, looks, yes. she just sees her own face. <laughs> yes. It's so good. Um, it's so good. I love Alia Shawkat. She always plays like the best best friend. Like the best I love friend her. who's like really funny, really witty. 
Yeah, she's like the same character in the movie Whippet. She's in the same. Um, yeah, she is. She's the same character in that movie uh, Green Room. You know that movie Green Room? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About like the the Nazis and all that. Yeah, the band and the yeah, room. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She's great. I I enjoy I enjoy Alia Shawkat. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Uh, then we meet the opposite end of the spectrum, which is Chris, played by Alexander Ludwig, who is terrible in this movie. Oh, no, he's not. He's just... Yeah, he is. He's just like a... He's an, he's like a big, hot guy, and that's his role. He seems like a gay person pretending to be straight. <laughs> Am I lying? So? But see, just kidding. But see, I've seen... <laughs> Isn't that all of us? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I thought represented... He's on like a new show that's like about a family that wrestles or something. He's like a wrestler, and he looks oh, yeah. like he's much better in that mo- in that series than his. I'm sure. I mean, he's definitely stepped it up. But in this, I'm like, he seems like he's gay and he's trying to be- pretend to be straight. It was kind of like giving me a little Nico <laughs> Tortorella in the oh finale my god. Four. I know. Well, I, kn- I don't know. His character is like so like clean cut and so respectful and nice it sort of just makes his character slightly boring <laughs> his character is like bob in elvira <laughs> yeah like <laughs> just like a, a big ofi guy he's really sweet and he you know obviously yeah. has a thing for max kinda dumb. yeah kind of dumb but kind of smart though why are first of all why are they in that diner talking about greek mythology i'm like what grade are you in i love that <laughs> I, I was like, about that in like sixth grade. Sixth grade, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was weird. And also, I was like, are they supposed to be in high school? Yeah. You know, the age sure. old question. Oh, yeah. The age old for the old age crowd. <laughs> then we see somebody that's supposed to be in their 20s in this universe, which is Thomas Middleditch, <laughs> who's obviously all pushing 40 in this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I love Thomas Middleditch. Have you ever watched his improv specials Never. on Netflix? Never. Uh, they're very funny. Um, I don't oh. know. He's he's like fine in this. He plays the exact character you expect him to play. Just like well, the yes. dweeby, geeky, know-it-all trope. That's what. Yeah, his. I mean, he looks the part. He is the part. He's basically the I, same character as the stoner from Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really let these char- these actors reach for their characters. Like even Tysa Farmiga. Like when is she not the disturbed? <laughs> she's always young ingenue like she's yeah. always this character and i don't think she will ever play anything else because she I don't plays know different good enough to Ooh, wow. I, mean, I mean yikes was that rude i don't know i don't know i've n- i have not personally maybe, seen much maybe range. you're right her sister is much more talented than nun mama she yeah. has not booked since the yeah. nun how much work have you got since the nun bitch none <laughs> none <laughs> the nun um, <laughs> yeah, she's always just she's almost like playing different versions of Lydia from Beetlejuice. Like, it's oh always yeah, that's that like same moody, puffy-eyed ingenue. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. She's not much. She doesn't do. She hasn't at least shown us that range. she is more than range. Yeah, right. that she can do more. So right. I don't know. Maybe Other maybe yeah. Gasp and make her eyes watery. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I much prefer Vera, her 25-year-old I... sister, or older, 25-years-older so sister. Yeah, her 100-year-old sister. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do like this idea that Max is sort of, like, 
horror royalty because she's the daughter of a oh, very yeah. beloved character, I guess, in a classic 80s slasher. Like, I would love to be known as the legacy of an 80s character from a movie. Right, which I think that maybe she probably would have been okay with it had her mom not died. <laughs> so she's right. like, uh, she was loving like, the trailer. I'm like, how many yeah, times exactly. have you seen that bitch? I know on her on her sidekick or she was watching it on. Um, yeah, it's like it's very sad though, and it does make you really, I know, empathetic towards our character because you're like, these people want her to go see this movie, to which she is going to have to watch her mom on screen, and uh, you get know, murdered. watch her mom get murdered. But do you know what? This movie was actually inspired by this exact storyline. Um, the writer of this movie is actually the son of the man who played Father Kerrigan in The Exorcist. And so this movie wow. was him writing about almost like a not an autobiographical, obviously, <laughs> but like the character Max sort of represents him because he he was <laughs> he talked about how what a strange experience it was to see his father die in a movie over oh, and over and yes. over again. Yeah. And what a weird experience that is. And his uh, his father's obviously trippy. passed away, so it's just like a kind of a weird trippy experience. And so, um, which I think is a, a brilliant thing to kind of write into this movie. Yeah, that is. I just love that you said it was, it's obviously not autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously. I mean, it could be. Then this we could be real. the character that I think I would probably play if I were in this movie, which is Vicky. No, that's the character I would play. <laughs> no, that's the character I would play. No, <laughs> I, I love I, Vicky. I'd probably be Gertie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Vicky for sure. Um, no, you're Vicky. No, you can be Vicky. No, you. You're fine. No, you. No, you're so pretty. No, you. Think, oh, you're okay. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, I love seeing um, Victoria Justice. Victoria Justice, I know. Yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's so good. Yeah. I love her. Um, yes. No, she's actually played by Nina Dobrev, who um, could go hand. Uh, yeah, you could switch her and yeah, yeah you switch her and Victoria in and out. You never know. Which same one was brain, in Rocky same Horror? Hair, same face. Yeah. Victoria Justice. Okay. All right. Good yeah. to know. Um, I think huh. Debrev is actually very entertaining in this. Um, I like that she yeah. gets to play this kind of character, like the mean girl. Yes, but I will say I I was sort of like okay, high school play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the the writing. Oh, he had to oh, go yeah. somewhere or whatever the hell. I was like, oh yeah. Oh hi guys. I was like, okay, sweet life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is sort of written like, like a, a Disney a Channel, like a, a decom, a, a children's sitcom. Yeah, a decom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna go to the multiplex, and um, I was like, yeah, the I know, I know. Phantom so of bad. the Megaplex. Yes, Phantom <laughs> of the Megaplex. <laughs> Um, but yeah, her character is like the former best friend of Max, who has gone on to become a a bitch. I guess that's her her description. Yeah, I don't really understand that. I, I think they maybe have some sort of, uh, uh, but no, because Max seems oblivious to the fact that Chris likes her. 
But I was yeah. thinking maybe Vicky doesn't like her because Chris left her and then started having feelings for Max. But I don't think they are aware of that. So I'm like, what happened? Who knows? I think she. I think she is aware of it. I think she does confess that she was jealous of of his affection towards her, and that's what created the rift between them. But um, to me, the rift was caused because Vicky blossomed and the others didn't. Yeah, exactly. They stayed ugly, and she turned into a supermodel. <laughs> she turned pretty, and they stayed looking like the early seasons of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And so then, now we have all of our our, our main our main players, right? They're all in one place, and they Set go the to this. Stage. They go to your old job at the vintage movie theater. Oh, I love it. Where they, um, yeah, they get to watch this little packed house full of you know nerds watching camp bloodbath and i was like honestly i would go to this yeah i would too but not drinking smoking and carrying around real machetes in (laughs) the movie theater in the movie theater first of all that bottle of alcohol must have been like fucking straight rubbing alcohol Oh, yeah, because, bitch, it catches quick. Oh, my God. I mean, it explodes the curtains (laughs) next to Max. Yeah, she's like, ah, boom. Yeah, her stunt double is off. Yeah. It's the same one that played Maggie and um, Sorority Row. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, not Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. Yeah, Yeah, so she's running through the fire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just this big man. Yeah, it's this big man with a middle part (laughs) wig. (laughs) A flat middle part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that happens. And I'm like, what is going on? There's so much kids. But the way they filmed it also gave me Final Destination vibes. Oh, yeah. Totally. That's what I'm saying. I was like, this feels like... I was like, is this like meant to have happened? Like with this whole chain of events? The way it's filmed does look like like there's like some evil force <laughs> yeah, sort of like it causing all this to happen to trap which, them in the movie <laughs> which i don't think is the case i think that this is a series of coincidences but the way it's filmed makes it look like it's all deliberate that's what i was saying earlier about the car crash like is this like was that supposed to happen was like i don't, I don't know we don't really get many answers about what is actually happening in this movie no we're just getting a lot of reference i feel like, like i even feel like this is basically a nod to scream 2 Oh, yeah, in for a way, sure. To Final kill, kill, kill! Yeah, and then slicing through the screen as her mother is screaming. I was like, that is great. Yeah, that I like great. that part. And then she, like, turns around and literally watches all those people in the movie theater just burn to death. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my god. Not over here, guys! Yeah, she was just, just like, oh, well. whatever. This is my my yeah. exit route. Like, can we help some other people, maybe? It's all... It's Carrie. She started the fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's all, yes. She did Just a spell to I get hope. trapped in the movie to be with her mom. And she set the theater on fire to to do it. These were her sacrifices to yes. achieve her wish. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just figured it out. You, It is supernatural. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's like a really sad part before the whole theater catches on fire where... Max is like watching her mom on the big screen. I, do you think Max has seen this movie? Totally. You think so? I just like, think it hits different. I, I don't think she's seen it obviously since her mom has died. Right, no. Definitely not. You she think she's seen it in a though? minute, but oh, for sure. For sure. I feel like she was looking at her mom's resume and looking at her past credits and was YouTubing them. I don't know if she's ever seen Camp Bloodbath. Hmm, maybe not. Maybe her mom was doing something else. Maybe she was selling like slim fit tea. Maybe her something. mom was never like, watch this movie, child. 
<laughs> yeah. But also, I'm like, how many years have passed? Three. Yeah, so how old was she supposed to be in the beginning? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, if she's 16 14? here, she's 13 there. Yeah, Maybe she, she wasn't yeah. allowed to watch it yet. Yeah, so, so I'm saying, I don't know. Because it looks ever... hard for her to watch. I mean, I don't, and it's yeah. not even the part where she dies. It's the part where she's fucking. I mean, she's that, not like, that, go mom. She's like, I mean, that would be very hard to watch. Like, ew. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Watching your dead parent <laughs> fuck on screen. Like, oh. With, with Adam Devine. Of oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> of all people. Of all the characters she has slept in that movie. Um, yeah, so they go into this blinding white light, and we have no idea what comes of them until... We find out what's next. There we go. Shall I keep it going? (laughs) Keep it going, bitch. The friends find themselves in the woods. Confused, they begin to hear the beat of Hey Mickey by Tony... Basil. Basil. (laughs) Tony Basil. People people who eat basil are lame. (laughs) Do you know what that's from? That sounds like Paris Hilton. It's Rock of Love Bus. Ashley, my favorite. Oh my god, you love her. I love her. Um, so they hear this beat, and it signifies that they are in the movie. The main counselors, horny idiot Kurt, played by Adam Devine, and Bimbo Tina. Oh, okay. This is who I'm. You're Vicky. <laughs> I'm Tina. Okay, okay. Sounds okay. good. Bimbo Tina, played by Angela Trimber, drive by the friends and ask where Camp Bluefinch is. Not realizing what happened, the friends let the counselors drive away from them. They wait over two 92-minute periods, which is the film's runtime. The counselors return, and Duncan tells Tina they are also counselors and would like a ride to camp. In the van, the friends meet another counselor, Blake, played by Tori N. Thompson, and Amanda, in character as Nancy, the shy girl with a clipboard and guitar. The group arrives at Camp Bluefinch to some terrible original score. Duncan tries to get Kurt to give him the keys to the van so they can find a way out of the movie. But Kurt tosses the keys into the woods. Max tries to get Nancy away from Kurt because her character is fated to die after she loses her virginity to him. The five friends then go into the woods to look for the keys, just as the first kills in the film are set to take place. The group stumbles across the first victims, a horny hippie counselor collecting strawberries who is seducing a lost hitchhiker. That's me. <laughs> the horny hippie girl, yeah, yes. <laughs> for sure. Does anybody want to help me pick some strawberries? <laughs> As the characters prepare to have sex... Okay, where's the beef? <laughs> yeah, where's the... <laughs> Billy shows up and kills them. Billy then notices Max and her friends. Everyone except Duncan runs away. He figures that since they're not part of the movie, Billy doesn't know what to do with them. Duncan thinks he's invincible until Billy hurls his machete into Duncan's side, apparently killing him and proving to the other four that they have no immunity. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blah, blah, blah. Hey, hey Mickey. Mickey. Boom, boom, boom. I love that song. Oh, what a classic. It just Talk about one-hit bring... wonders. Yeah, but it makes me think of Bring It On. <laughs> I know. So this is actually the star of the movie to me, Miss Tina, played by Angela Trimber, fresh <laughs> off the set of um, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. <laughs> of course. <laughs> she was on The Real World. Was she really? She was on The Real World, and then she, I guess, became a bit player in movies. Oh my gosh, wow. A real Jamie Chung. Who knew? 
I know, but I will say she is fantastic in this. She makes some great choices. She is full out and she's very hilarious. She's like cracked out. She's like super hyper and um, she's a delight. They talk about before they like join the cast of the movie, they're walking like, what is this place? Heaven? And then Vicky has that great line where she goes, this can't be heaven. Max is here and she's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. Um, so then we have like, we you sort of get like a little bit of the rules about what's going on in this world that they're in. So we as the audience know that they are now technically in the movie, but what does that mean? So it seems as if the movie goes by and plays out completely and just starts over and over and over again at like 92 minutes exactly. And I'm like, oh my God, what in the purgatory? This sounds fucking like there is in This sounds horrible. But also my question here is, are Max and her friends dead? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This to me feels like they're in some sort of hell. So I, (laughs) this, so I think that they must be dead. This is like a lucid dream, which is kind of cool because it's like a video game or like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's exciting because it is sort of like a, a following like kind of dream logic kind of, but it's also, it's also not. So I don't know. It's, it's, it is really fun to like kind of learn with them what's going on. But to me, I think that they are dead. There's no way they're alive. Because then when they finish, they're in the sequel. But I'm like, were there only two of these movies? Because then they're fucked once the second one ends. They are. They are literally fucked. Then they're actually going to be just in hell. Okay. And then I was very high when I thought about this. Oh, okay. So I'm like, if they are in hell, (laughs) then Artina and Kurt and all them, are they like some sort of like, are they demons? Are they like yeah. Like, like, who are they? Who are these things? Who created them? Like, what? It's like Beelzebub. Yeah, and, they're um, they're actually like the... they're actually like agents of Satan <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, they're like the angels of hell. Yeah, hell's angels. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like manipulated by whoever is doing this to them in this hell. Yeah, I was I was very high, but it, it, that's a good one. I just want to know. I want to know. Who created these things? Or it's like, this This is like your own version of heaven or of the afterlife. And it's, wouldn't this be a horrible way though to be reunited with a loved one who's passed? Yeah, exactly. This sounds like a punishment. <laughs> and then her mom dies in the first one. So she's not even in the sequel with them. Yeah, exactly. That's fucked. Okay. This has nothing to do with that. Then. Here's my question. All of the movies that we've done on the show here at Fear the Chalk and Clears, uh-huh. which one would you want to get sucked in? Oh, goodness. I would want to be sucked into... I mean, it's hard because all of the movies that we do end in, um, you know, death horror. and horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, I don't know, maybe... You want me to tell you mine? Clueless. That's what I would do. Yeah, right. Of course. Hello. First of all, yes. Hello. hello. But if to we're be talking rich, to be, yeah. horror movies, I, I mean, was going to say something movies? kind of within the same 
that might be happening down the street from Clueless, uh, Death Becomes Her. I was thinking Death Becomes Her too. Yeah. Because then we could be like glamorous Alive forever. forever. <gasps> yes. And looking beautiful. I think that's the one. That's the one. For sure. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, okay, so Adam Devine is sometimes funny. I, but I, he is such like a, a specific brand humor. of humor to himself. And White sometimes it's very humor. Yes, it is. It's like stupid, douchey humor. But sometimes and it's, it's funny. Always. And it's always. It, it's funny that the movie, sort of in the beginning, is about typecasting, and all of the actors in this movie have been typecasted. <laughs> yeah, Tysa, Adam, yeah, they're all. Ali, Aaliyah, well, we literally have talked about every single person being typecast. Typecast. Yes. Whoa. He, though, to me, tries too hard to land the joke. He's like <laughs> Keenan Thompson. Well, well, it's just like he's constantly throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And you can tell that a lot of his scenes in this movie are improv. improv. They're all improv. They're just, they said, Adam, go ahead. And Kurt I guess and Tina I guess obviously was, did a lot of improv work. Yes, and um, Thomas Middleditch did as well because yes. that's what he does. He does improv. Yeah, and I will say that they do a fantastic job. But if I had to rate them, I would put Adam at the bottom of the list. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I mean, mm, I would put Angela Trimber first because I think she did an amazing job, especially with the lines that she. Because when you watch the bloopers at the end. I'm like, she tried a lot of things and all of them were funny. Like, it would have been hard to, like, kind of narrow it down to just one of her little gems. But Adam, like, when it wasn't funny, it wasn't funny. (laughs) And they still put in the bloopers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I I do like when he's like, (laughs) when they first walk up to him, and he's like, or when, um, sorry, not when they, when Vicky walks up to him, he's all, Hey, fun bags. <laughs> she's, all, <laughs> she's like, fun bags. Ooh, okay. She's like, that's right. Feminism. Okay. Um, because now they're like stuck in this 80s yeah, world. This 80s uh, world. I know. But I, th- I think that scene when they're in the van is kind of like an oh shit moment when we see Max see her mom slash not her mom for the first time. Like that's a, a crazy experience oh. to go along with, with our, our lead. That would be weird. But also... It kind of excited me in a way, not because of the relationship that they have, but I was thinking, can you imagine getting sucked into, like, Scream and seeing the characters play out in real life right yeah, in front of Yeah, as you? if they were, like, actual people. From an actual vantage point of being in the world that they live in. That yes. would be so thrilling. It'd be thrilling, but terrifying, obviously. Um, yeah. But it would be very thrilling. But imagine it being played by somebody that you... N- we're related to that would be even trippier it's trippier because it's not that person and that's sort of her struggle throughout this movie is accepting that this person is not actually her mother this person is and is a d is a demon or something that um you know (laughs) satan has created (laughs) (laughs) to play her mom um yeah and and that's sort of a an interesting arc for Max to go through here is to try to to reconcile that while still being that protective person over mom just because she looks like her. Yes. Yeah. I also love that these characters going into this world are kind of changing 
the flow of the movie because then yeah. the title card plays out and it sort of gets shifted a little bit by a bird landing on the title card, which I thought was really clever. The things that they did with the interaction of the flashback and yeah. the, the the special effects still exist, like the title card still exists. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, like you can touch it. Yeah, they're literally <laughs> like the film is alive. They are in the film. There's yeah, the the credits still come up, the the flashbacks still happen. Yeah, it is very it is very interesting, like what's happening around them. And it's like it's interesting that they can change it, but only so much. Like like they can change things, yeah, but there, the there movies, are rules that still exist. But this is literally the definition of movies got a movie. Right. You know, which is which I say all the time, movies got a movie, and that's exactly what this hap- what happens here. It's like they can change so much, but at the end of the day, the movie's gonna keep going forward. He's still gonna come after them. The characters are still gonna die. Um, yeah. Which brings us to our first kill, which is the girl picking strawberries, and <laughs> that delicious <laughs> hunk of a man hitchhiker out of nowhere, out of just nowhere, so perfectly built. And he's just coming out of the woods. If I saw that man come out of the woods, I would be on my knees. There would be no <gasps> turning around to prepare for oh anything. Oh my god! You I love would that she turns around like she's where taking the off her clothes. Oh no! I would find it. It would be in my mouth before he even knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she turns around to take her clothes off. She's demure. She's. I know. So then she's she a just woman. flips her hair behind her shoulders and turns around. Okay, where's the beef? I'm like. <laughs> Girl, no. Girl, and that's how you lose them. And no as far as the first kill of our central group, I was not expecting Duncan to die so quickly. I know, and he, and it's so weird how they sort of kill him off at first, and he, and he is trying to convince the group that that sort of what I just said—the movie's got a movie kind of thing—but he's believing at this fact that it's like that they are unrecognizable within the world because they aren't supposed to be there, that they're safe, which is not the case, obviously. Like, Billy still is out to get them and throws his machete and hits him in the side (laughs) and kills him, which is uh, funny. At first I was like, I was like, I don't know about that death. But then at the end of the movie, he lifts up his shirt and shows like the scar. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that would probably kill you. Like how deep that, would that went? For sure, yeah, that would for sure kill you. <laughs> I wasn't sure like medically if that would kill you, but um, now I know. <laughs> I know it's fu- it's actually amazing how many things the human body can suffer through. Sometimes it's just a little too easy these days. Yeah. but that one looked severe. I would say he would be dead. Right. I okay. So get this. So the movie was originally intended to be R-rated. And when they pitched it, when they pitched it to the first studio that was interested in it, they really liked the movie. But what they wanted was to get rid of all of the mother-daughter emotional stuff. They didn't like any of uh, that, and yeah, it, that was so important to you know the writers. And they were like, um, I don't think so. So when they pitched it to the uh, the next studio that was interested. Um, they they loved that aspect of it, of it. They loved the mother daughter thing and the emotional thing. Their only requirement was that the movie be PG thirteen, and so they picked the the uh, lesser of the two route. two evils. Yeah, 
I always think that it hurts the film. Because I watch this and I'm like, I do like it. I do like this movie. And it's actually surprisingly good for probably how small the budget was. And it's limited, very small release. Um, I think it's enjoyable and it's a lot of fun. But I I would say the one thing that they could have done is gone further. But I'm sure it was there in the the original material. But having to sacrifice a lot of stuff for a PG-13. And for what? It didn't even play in theaters. I know. It's like... I don't know if they just wanted like more people to be able to see it or if they thought that it would distract from the emotional part of it. But, um, yeah, that's the problem with me. The, the, it's like when they, when they strive to make things PG 13, it, the material always gets hella watered down. And then you're thinking about the crowd that you want to attract to watch at this one time instead of, building people like a, f- a fandom that is yeah. going to love this movie forever because it's those movies that we weren't supposed to be watching that stick with us forever exactly exactly like like what how could it have been had it been a little more scary and a little less um you know silly. kind of cart- silly apparently like in the script um it says that they they arrive in a technicolor world and I guess they were the director was like shocked to come to set to find like literal like fake poppy flowers as if they were like in the Wizard of Oz like everywhere. And he was yeah. like, uh, which you kind of yeah. do notice in that forest scene. It literally totally. looks like they're like like bouquets of roses like and and like like Michael's yes yeah, it looks like exactly. the Michael section like you're at the grocery store in the flower section just like gotta put around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it always looks silly to me because I'm like, why are they like in Wonderland. Oz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oz. Why? Like, I've always thought that. I'm like, why do these flowers look so surreal? Everything, everything is so vibrant and surreal in this in this world. Which it's is just, funny because the trailer is so gritty. I know. It looks like a like a grindhouse trailer. Yeah. There's the, is, the tone is a little inconsistent. Especially because we do spend a lot of the opening so depressed and kind of looking at this emotional heart of the story and then all of a sudden it jumps into just pure silliness right just, uh, even like a ridiculous plot <laughs> yeah <it does. laughs> i love how the movie that they're in kind of doesn't have a plot it's literally show up to camp and get killed like yeah, they're like, yeah it's like show up to the, and then they have sex and then they die yeah they hear a backstory and then they die i was like oh I wonder what it would be like if they were in a movie with a plot. I wonder like, what it would be like if we were Fear the Talking Queers in that universe. Oh my god. Our Friday the 13th is Camp Bloodbath, and we're like, that's the Camp Bloodbath fans, girl. Oh my god. They we would, never know what they're talking about. We would um, probably make them get naked and have sex. We'd probably end it in oh, 30 yeah. minutes, not 92. No, yeah. We'd be like, it yeah, be bitch, called... take your top off. Yeah, Camp Cream pie. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> listeners. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I think it is exciting when Duncan gets killed because a it was unexpected and b it shows everybody else that they do not they are they have to live within the confinement of this storyline. They are part of the story now, and they're gonna get killed too. Yeah, it's true. Well, uh, why don't we see what happens to them? That'd be great. 
The film's badass final girl, Paula, played by Chloe Bridges, shows up to the camp. Since she is the one that kills Billy at the end of the film, the friends decide to stick with her while also trying to stop anyone from having sex so that Billy won't show up. At the mention of Billy, Nancy tells his story, transporting Max and her friends into a black and white flashback of 1957 when Billy was a camper. He was always made fun of for being different and ugly, so he hid in an outhouse to escape the bullying. The group watches as one of the bullies lights a firecracker, throwing it into the outhouse which badly burns Billy's face, scarring him. After eight months in the burn ward, Billy went back to the camp to exact his revenge. Now wearing a creepy mask and wielding his machete, he murders eight counselors, one for each month of his time in the ward. As the friends watch Billy murder, blood splatters across Gertie's face. When they return from the flashback, the counselors see the blood on her face. Paula and Kurt panic, and Paula drives them both away in her car. Duncan emerges alive, but he gets hit by the car. Paula crashes into a totem pole, ejecting Kurt from the passenger seat and causing him to contort and die. Paula meets her end when her car explodes. Max and her friends then reveal to the surviving counselors that they are all in a movie, and they need a new final girl to kill Billy. They even make Tina put on a life jacket and mittens since she is fated to die after doing a striptease. Since the final girl has to be a virgin, everyone thinks it should be Max. Max says Nancy should be the new final girl, but Vicky comments that she can't be because of her character being the shy girl with the clipboard and a guitar. Nancy runs away crying, so Max goes to console her. She wants to have Nancy survive so that they can make it out of the movie together and perhaps start a new life for Nancy and Amanda. The gang prepares for Billy's arrival that night. Vicky apologizes to Max and Gertie for her behavior because she used to be good friends with Max before Amanda's death, and Max shut Vicky out and became friends with Gertie, making Vicky feel jealous and hurt. The girls forgive Vicky. Paula shows up, Miss Chloe Bridges. Paula, okay. Do you look at Paula and think of her as the final girl? Does she feel. No. She does she not fit the final fit girl the trope at all. That's what I was saying about the, the thing with Amanda's girl? character in this film. Amanda technically should be the final girl she is she's the she... bookish shy girl with the guitar and a virgin like she's like and a virgin she's like the one the moral compass of the movie like she should but... be the final girl it doesn't make sense that this like no. badass looking biker girl shows up and she's the final girl in what movie does that happen I could see her almost being the final girl but she would definitely die and you'd be she would wondering definitely like, die how, because if I think about who the Paulas are of actual movies? I think of. I think Tatum of like the, and I, th- I think of the girl uh, from um, Dream Linda Warriors. And Annie. Yes, the, the one yeah. with the uh, mohawk. Yes, the mohawk. Like that. That's what I think of her as. And that girl died. Like a badass broad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she but, died. Yeah, so it's like I don't believe that they nailed it Paula with Paula the being the final girl. girl. She was never gonna. I don't be the final think he girl. really understood the formula of the slasher movies. I'm like. That's not I mean, how it works. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like, come on, do a little research. This is like Halloween playing out, and then all of a sudden, Lori dies and Annie's the final girl. It's like, in what world yeah. would that happen? Exactly. So but it's I feel, established but I feel, weird. But I feel like they're trying to portray her, uh, or portray Amanda, sorry, not Amanda, Nancy, as like maybe the Linda. I guess. If if Annie is the carefree bubblegum girl, if who Annie dies. is Tina, 
Nancy is Linda, and that makes Paula Lori. Lori? No. Lori is, I mean, Paula would be like Judith Myers. She wouldn't even get to this point. <laughs> she would be the very beginning dying. I, yeah, no, they, they're, they're offbeat with this one. They are, they are. But Chloe Bridges looks great. I like her, her oh, style. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. This is believe, the best she's ever looked. Can you believe that she, her and Adam Devine met on this movie and got married? They're married? Yes. Apparently they met on the plane there and he was talking to her like crazy and she had no idea he was in the movie. And she was like, why is this person talking to me so much? And uh, then they got married. <laughs> she didn't realize that he was more famous than her. Yeah, well, I guess she just didn't realize that they were doing this movie together. She's like, why is this person talking to me so much? <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know they were married. I didn't know yeah. that she was still alive. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great that they found love. That's right. How beautiful. I think this is a smart choice, though, knowing that Paula is the final girl of the film. And you know that your life is now at risk. Why not hang out with her? You have an yeah. advantage over everybody else. I mean, that's true. They know something that the rest of them don't. And um, so it only makes sense to want to stick to her. Like white on rice is what she says. Like white on rice. Yeah. Kumbaya. More like kumbano. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> The, so yeah, I would try to stick with her, but it seems like their presence is totally disrupting the flow of the movie. And I don't know that this death is supposed to happen for her. I don't well, know. It's, I, well, obviously, yeah. I, I, it's like they're they're changing it enough to where like characters can now die in different orders. But um, weird. I don't, yeah, it's weird. This is the part, though, of the movie where I'm like, okay, they are a little, uh, they're not writing the characters right. Amanda, is, or Nancy, gets the privilege of being the one to explain the mythology behind the movie's killer. Do you think that's a final is, girl thing? That's a final girl thing. Or, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, yes, I think it's, it it's be either a that or the nerdy guy. Or somebody who cares too much about... Yeah, the Duncan of the group. The Duncan. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess... But I... This backstory, they didn't even try to get original with it. They were like, we're gonna make <laughs> it Friday the 13th's backstory, but instead of drowning, it'll be the death from the burning. Yes, it's the, the burning. Count, where the kids lighten him on fire on, on as a prank. Yes, I was like, it's the burning meets Friday the 13th. Which is great. I mean, hey, do you know what? Obviously, it's great, this is, but it's this is not what they're original. referencing. It's not original, but this movie is literally based on the fact that it's not original. Well, what should they have done instead? Uh, fucking freeze him to death? Free, not... I think that they should have... Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something more original. <laughs> yeah, I think they should have locked him in the freezer. Freeze him. Yeah, yeah, he just came back from space. Um, (laughs) cryogenically freeze him (laughs) yeah this is actually Jason's dream in Freddy vs. Jason oh Um, my god probably well I feel like there's a lot of Freddy vs. Jason reference in this so maybe that would be another and you were there and you were there and you were there but my name wasn't Jason it was Billy (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, and I didn't yeah. drown. I got burned. I, um, I do like this flashback sequence, though. I love how it like oh, I love how, they, it how it like melts into them. They're like as she's telling it, like, what's and then yeah, like her saying it causes it to melt. I thought like into a new scene. I thought that was so cool. And they're like in black and white. <laughs> I love when Gertie goes. Oh, why am I colorblind? Am I having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I also love that when they're done with the with the flashback. And they start discussing. Well, okay, never mind. I'm jumping way ahead. What? I was, <laughs> there's a line delivery from Taisa as Max that I think is the best in the movie, the best she does in the whole movie. And oh it's God. when they're trying to figure out who's going to be the final girl after Paula dies. And <laughs> they're like, Gertie can do it. She's a virgin too. And then she's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, you're a virgin. <laughs> I don't know. Gertie, you're a virgin. Gertie, you're a virgin. Like, like trying to convince her she's a virgin. Like insisting that she's a virgin. She's all. <laughs> yeah. No, bitch. Gertie, you're a virgin. I think it's so funny. But yes, the 1957 flashback is very well done. And it's one of the best parts of the movie, honestly, I think. Well, it's just so clever. And it's like, like we said, it's like being in, like the movie is happening around them. It's, it's a fun, yeah. it's like a fun idea to think like, you'd be in this world like to be in the yeah. world of it i love that gertie gets splashed with blood and when they're out of the flashback the blood is still on her. <laughs> yeah yeah it's they're just basically no just traveling through the movie playing out on a screen yeah but somehow also being involved it's it's such a weird concept that you can't yeah. really grasp and so it just seems do you think anybody's watching silly. the movie no I think the reel is just going, and I think by the end of it, it's burned away in the fire. I think, the, I think it's the, Satan. I think Satan's watching. Yeah, yeah, eating pickles. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What else would he be eating? Uh, eight murders for each month of his time in the burn ward. I will say that that is more clever than any Friday the Thirteenth film. Hell yeah. So Camp Bloodbath is a better film than Friday the 13th. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. All right. Fighting yep. words. Fighting words. We're, we're canceled. It. Yep. It's it's organized. It's thought out. Um, <laughs> the backstory might not be great, but the little, the count, the body count, matching the months that he spent in the ward, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Why does Jason kill people? Duh. No reason. <laughs> 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 I do I do love how this feels like this does feel like a video game. It almost feels like they get to like the next checkpoint like you know. Yes. They you know they they levels. Yes, it's like they've hit this part of the story now they can move on. It's like they've had to do certain things in order to um achieve the next goal like get uh get Nancy to tell the story, the backstory and then all of a sudden they're yeah. on to the next level. It does kind of feel like that. And then like how exciting you feel when you get to the next cut scene, you know, or whatever. Like, whoa. And actually, this would be a fabulous premise for a video game. Oh, yeah. You get yeah. trapped in a horror movie and have to battle your way out. This is... Isn't this that video covered. game that people play all the time and tell us to play, but we don't play video games? Dead by Dawn? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Dead by Dawn. Everyone's like, you would love it. Actually, somebody got pretty upset with us that we don't play it. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, I'm like, sorry. I can't even drive a car in Mario Kart. You want me to... <laughs> survive that's not happening yeah that's hilarious uh maybe one day i'll play it if somebody else has it (laughs) 
So as they learn that this that they're trapped in a movie and the killer is after them, Paula and Kurt take off. And what do you think about these death scenes? It's it's Duncan and then it's um, Kurt and then it's Paula. I mean, How do you like just, the way it plays out? It all just happens so fast. Um, some of it's, it's chaotic. Funny. It's funny though. I like when when uh, he gets hit by the car. I think that's funny. And then we have <laughs> more Kurt being Kurt. He's like. I don't know, his like improvs are, are so ridiculous but then he like flies out of that <laughs> windshield which I love because his I was done with his character I was ready to see it happen <laughs> and he's like cracked in half his like legs are over the back of his head almost like uh, it follows <laughs> oh, yes exactly like that I think they use the same demi <laughs> <laughs> same high heel shoe and then I can't believe that Paula exploded she just got there <laughs> I know. And I was kind of excited when she popped out and her hair was all magnificent and she looked yeah. pretty. I was like, ooh, I'm excited for Miss Paula. And before I knew it, she was an ashtray. Yeah, she was nothing. What a waste. What a burning skeleton. What a waste Paula was. What a waste of talent. Yeah, absolutely. And then we get to this next part, which is, I think, uh, I, I don't know if I feel like it's I don't know how I feel about this, but um, when they explain to the people in the movie that they are movie characters, that is, it's kind of heartbreaking, don't you think? Like, these characters are like, oh, wait, I have no, They're like, I have no purpose in this. Exist. Yeah, it's like, uh, they have this, like, kind of existential crisis, like, oh, I don't, I don't really exist, like, my, I, it's kind of sad. I want to know where the actors are that have played them. Yeah, At I a know. convention. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Signing headshots for $80 next to Nev Campbell. <laughs> uh, Angela, a, a 68-year-old Angela is on stage doing her famous yes. striptease that yes. everybody does. Woo! Oh my god, here it comes. Sweet cherry pie! Oh, yeah. Which apparently was a goof that that mo- song was used in this movie because that movie, um, or, sorry, that song came out in 1990. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? It's a great Maybe song for stripping though. That gap. Yeah, it is. They use it and bring it on for that same purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> White trash stripping, cherry pie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> So I love that Max thinks that everybody can survive. No, bitch, that's not how it works. I mean, she's optimistic. No. Um, she's a but, fool. But poor, uh, you know, Nancy. She's she takes it pretty hard, and they have a really emotional moment together where they they kind of discuss that you know she's never gonna be she's never gonna grow up, and she's never gonna have. Uh, you know, get married or have kids. And do you know what? It kind of got me thinking again. I was kind of high, but it's like, we never feel a sympathy for these characters in these movies. These, you know, we don't think about, you know, what their, the, what would their families be going through? Well, yeah. And, what, what are their lives going to be like? Or what, what could their lives have been? What could they have accomplished? It's so well, sad to think about. And we just think, yeah, kill, kill, kill. But I mean, well, can I be honest? Yeah. That's what Scream did differently. And I think that's why so many people have yeah. latched onto that because it's like the idea of 
Yes, there was this whole generation of people that loved these types of movies in the 80s, but they were so simplistic back then. And then you bring in this element of, no, it's a true story. Yeah. And these characters these suffer real. beyond yeah. the events of the first film. And you're like, whoa. whoa. And then you were like, then you feel like, I would love to be in a situation like that. You know, <laughs> and that's what the premise of, that's what the premise of Scream 4 is about, you know? And so yeah. it's kind of like the... I don't know. It's it's funny. It, it, yeah, it, this is like it, it's like taking that element, but then applying it to a really cheesy eighty slasher. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, finally hearing what like some you know kill fodder actually would want out of life, and it's like kind of heartbreaking to hear. And it's like, oh, like I feel the worst for Tina. She doesn't why? know what's going on. Oh, I know. I love that line. <laughs> I love that line. I think is it Nancy who says it when she's like, um. Well, she said she was like saving her, saving herself for George Michael or something like that. Oh yeah, don't hold. I wouldn't hold my breath on or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great why? line. Yeah, she's like, why? Like, I just save myself for George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because she was gonna have my- sex with with um, her, but then he died. <laughs> yeah, I love that they make. Okay, this is why I love Tina, and I feel bad for her the most is because. She's, you know, supposed to be the ditzy slut, whatever, yeah. who shows her boobs, whatever. And when they cover her up with these mittens and this vest, she's like, why do I have to wear this? And they're like, because we need to cover up, um, you know, whatever, your chest. And she goes, why does he like my boobs? Because they're small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has small boobs. She has such a tragic life. Yeah, it goes to show that the ditzy sluts that you think have no cares in the world actually have a lot of you know body yeah. dysmorphia they have a yeah, lot of they're insecure <laughs> at the end of the they're day insecure. they're self-conscious yeah we get we get to humanize these <laughs> tropes yeah there exactly you go. i know I, I i really felt connected to her character after she said that i felt um <laughs> you know she, i was like wow this character is so deep <laughs> is it because they're small yeah <laughs> oh my gosh and then they then we have like a, a montage moment which is really Always fun. We love an 80s montage. And apparently nothing in this montage was scripted. And so they were literally just like doing things and telling the camera to come over and film them. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> they were just <laughs> trying to figure out things to do. I love when Nina Dobrev like dumps that box of tampons on the counter for no reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> that is silly. I didn't yeah. even think about that. But it kind of also reminds me of that Fifth Harmony performance where they're <laughs> drilling like <laughs> on a... Oh yeah, when she's, holes in when she, when a tractor. She's ha- when she's hammering the tires. <laughs> <laughs> he gotta gotta work, work, work. <laughs> Good, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know how to. You don't know how to work. <laughs> um, and, oh and then we God. get up. Uh, then we get some. Uh, we actually do get a nice character moment from Vicky in this section, where she apologizes to. To Max and to Gertie for whatever tensions have arisen in their in their friendship, and um, it's actually a, a really nice moment. But the best part of it, to me, is finally a character understanding the trope that they play. Is when she's like, she's like, I don't think my time here is much longer. They're like, why? She's like, I'm the mean girls in an eight. I mean, I'm what you say? I'm the mean girl in an '80s horror movie. She's like, it doesn't bear, like bode well for me. And I was like, yeah. oh, right. I was like, so she, she knows the trope. Like, she gets it. She's like, I'm, this is the role I've played. I've played the mean girl now. And so now my this fate is, is sealed. 
This is what I was going to talk about, though, with this friendship. Why is Vicky the one apologizing when Max turned away from her and sought friendship with someone else? That's Why true. Why are you apologizing? They're the mean girls. That's true. That is true. Well, also, I mean, she did say that she, like, she was jealous of their <laughs> relationship of Gertie and Max. And so, I don't know, maybe there's stuff we didn't see that she did behind the scenes. Like try yeah. to keep, like try to actively get Chris's attention when she knows that he's he's potentially interested in Max. She's like trying to purposefully draw his attention away. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of a, a dick move, right? It is. <laughs> yeah, she's a bitch. Um. <laughs> she's not, I, she, you know what? She's human. She, she's human. She makes mistakes like the rest of us, and she owned up to them. People would say that about us as well, you know? Um, oh, you know what? Yes. Back to Gertie having lost her virginity. When she says who it's with, Vicky goes, isn't he autistic? Oh, and I she know. goes, yeah. Yeah, he is, yeah, but he, he was also very romantic. <laughs> yes, which apparently that line was written a little more mean-spirited. And I guess Ooh. it was it was Alia Shawcat who was like, I'm going to write my own line for this. And she like did that, and then everybody on set applauded her for changing that oh, line. That's nice. So I wonder what it said around first. Yeah, I know probably something very ableist. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! You know what? We totally sped past that. Well, I sped past this. You said the George Michael thing. What do you think of this bitch trying to steal your man? First of all, I was so bad. I said she better <laughs> back up off my George. <laughs> I will fuck her up. That is my father figure. Right, period. <laughs> period poo. Is that the end of this section? Um, yeah. Let's get into their their final plan to stay alive. The big finale. The cabin has been booby-trapped in anticipation of Billy. Tina, who has hopped up on Vicky's Adderall, does a crazy striptease. <laughs> a crazy striptease. Not sexy. A crazed. Crazy. <laughs> a crazed striptease. Which summons Billy to the cabin. As he walks toward the cabin, Tina panics and runs away, tripping over a string and getting her head caught in a bear trap. I am not satisfied with this. Tina deserved better. It's funny. It's she funny. Des- she deserved to, to die at the hands of Billy. Yes. She needed a moment. Not a stupid and, moment like this. Yeah. It's funny because it's so jarring. Yeah, it's so fast. She deserved better. She deserved better. Yeah. She should have still been alive. It should have just like gotten her hand or something. And then she had- she keeps running with the trap yeah. around her head. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Stupider things have happened in this movie. Yeah, it's stupider. Yeah, look at the flowers in the background. <laughs> look at the material. Chris sets off another trap as Billy enters, wherein a log swings from the ceiling and knocks Billy into some antlers on the door to impale him. Thinking they've won, Gertie and Blake kiss. However, Billy is still alive, and he kills Blake by turning his head all the way around. The others run upstairs as Billy chases them. They shoot flaming arrows at Billy's chest. He knocks a bookcase on top of Gertie and Vicky and then impales Gertie with his machete. Max, Nancy, and Chris flee while Vicky takes Gertie's hand and drops a bucket of lighter fluid from the ceiling, causing an explosion. In slow motion, Max, Nancy, and Chris fall to the ground as a flaming Billy bursts out of the window, continuing his chase. 
The three run away, still in slow-mo, until Billy grabs Chris's leg and breaks it. Chris gets stabbed as Billy takes Nancy. Max brings Chris into an abandoned chapel and stays with him so he won't die alone. But Max assures him that he won't die. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautifully written. Beautifully stated, IMDb. (laughs) She runs to find Nancy in Billy's barn. Max fights Billy but gets stabbed. Nancy gets Billy off Max and they run back to the chapel. Nancy realizes that since only the final girl can kill Billy, it has to be Max. Max breaks down in tears and tells Nancy who she is outside of the movie and how she wishes she can make her mom's dream of becoming a star come true. Nancy tells Max that she knows where to find her. Nancy walks out of the chapel and does a strip tease to summon Billy. The killer emerges and impales Nancy with his machete. Max then walks out and dukes it out with Billy, eventually taking his machete and chopping his head off. Chris walks over to Max as the sun rises and the credits roll. They share a kiss. The film ends and the reel starts to burn off, causing a blinding light to consume them. Max wakes up in a hospital with Chris in the bed next to her. She hears voices and pulls back the curtain to find Duncan, Gertie, and Vicky all alive. It's a scary movie. Yeah, no characters die. (laughs) Max asks if it was all a dream, but Duncan disproves that by showing off his machete wound. The friends look outside the room to find a doctor and nurse about to get intimate. Billy then bursts through the window and a title card appears. Camp Blood Bath 2. Cruel Summer. As the friends realize they are in the sequel, Max wastes no time in grabbing the nearest weapon and running to fight Billy again. Cut to black. The credits roll to Bananarama's Cruel Summer. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Yeah. Great. So, all right. This all happens just a little too fast. I know. And I guess this is the PG-13 of it all. Like, we're not getting these big special slasher kills. This is just like a... It just, uh, like, happens so quickly. It just happens. And this movie actually has a 92-minute runtime, just the same as the length of the movie in the movie. And so I don't know if they were, like, so determined to keep it, like, within that time frame or something, but... It all just happened so fast. Like we get to this finale, they've decided that they've they've come up with a plan to kill Billy and for all of them to survive. And um, once the it's once he shows up, then it's just like chaos. Absolute chaos. Tina falls into the bear trap, which again is an unfair death for her. Blake gets his head turned around real quick, and all yeah. we're left with is characters that aren't even in this fucking movie yeah and just, they're running for their lives vicky and gertie die really fast it's like, i know Whoa, slow but, down but do you know what they they got to hold hands and you know embrace that they are both the best friend at the end of the day yeah oh you know what nancy's still alive oh my god yeah nancy's still alive i just realized that they used names from nightmare on elm street yeah tina, tina and nancy, nancy. duh Oh my god, I had no idea. You are so dumb for real. I'm a dumb fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, you know, they save the day. The mean girl and the best friend get to save the day. That's kind of a nice way. They kind of allow them to get away. Yeah, and they're kind of... I like that they found friendship right before they die. Um, yeah. I also love this slow-mo moment. I think it's great. It was yeah. part of the trailer also where they're like, stuck in it and they're like why are we running so slow 
Yeah, very, I love it. very meta. <laughs> very, it's beyond. Meta. Yeah, exactly. It's not even implicating it. It's just like actually just them living through these these moments in the movie. And um, this part, all the slow mo stuff and like Billy jumping out the window on fire. This all to me feels very Freddy versus Jason. From this point yes. on, this whole movie feels like Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Like, all these different set pieces that yeah. are supposed to be in one setting. The chapel. Yeah. Like, why the is chapel, there a chapel? The chapel, the outside. It's the a conversion store- camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine. Oh, my God. Did you watch that new documentary, Pray Away? It's on Netflix. It's crazy. No, but, but I saw the new trailer for that movie where the kids go to the conversion camp to get slaughtered. Oh, they slash it's them? It's a horror movie. Do you see? Yes, they slash them. I have not seen the trailer yet. I was like, I don't know if they slash them. I don't know how they die. (laughs) They slash them? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't know. Maybe they didn't really show. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, this like from like the stormy weather to the the slow mo to this fight that happens between um, Mac. This fight that happens between Max and Billy. Like, it all just feels like very early 2000s slasher. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. It becomes, where it's less of like a run and chase and it's more of like a like a fist fight. Like an action sequence. Yes, it's a video game. Yeah, literally. A video game sequence, and, for sure. And the, even the, with the background and how many long shots they do, I'm like, this is like Mortal Kombat. Straight yeah. Up. Sure, the purple sure. sky with the red lightning and yeah, you know. absolutely. But I do really like this moment, um, this final interaction between Nancy and Max. And I think this is where where Max finally confesses that this whole time, like her mom, you know, like she was like seeing her mom in Nancy, and I like the fact that she never actually becomes her mom. She's kind of like, I mean, you know what? Like, that's not me, but I'm sure she was very proud of you. <laughs> and, uh, uh, can um, you imagine, though, if she would have been like, Max? Yeah, Max? It's me, oh, Max. Oh, that would have been horrible. Your mother. Yeah, can you imagine? I know who I really am. And then they turn around and they kill the beast and yeah, it's over. <laughs> that would have been so stupid. I'm glad that they didn't, that they stuck with us. That she was like, she was Nancy. And, um... I, I I think this this scene hits very well. It's the emotional core of the movie, like you know this like mother daughter relationship, and you know s- seeing your loved one after they've passed and all this stuff. And I really love that moment moment when she's walking out and she's like, "I'm a movie star." I'm like, "Oh, that's uh, that's nice." And that's then so nice. killed. because <laughs> yeah, her mom always wanted to be a movie star, and in that moment, Nancy is the star of this movie, and so. In a way, she did That's accomplish true. her dreams. Oh, and Max helped her do it. That's so sweet. So, so cute. this is bringing in some of the logic of scary movie. Why do some characters survive and some don't? <laughs> because none of the characters from from the first movie make it to Cruel Summer, except yeah. for the people that aren't even in the movie to begin with. So they just have to suffer for eternity. This is hell. I'm You're telling right. you, this is hell. Like what's going to happen after this? Like what happens when, when camp bloodbath to cruel summer ends and the, you know, the reel starts going and the white light comes This uh, after cruel summer. Oh, I'll tell you what. D- then all of a sudden they don't hear anything. And all of a sudden it's 
boom, chee, boom, boom, chee, boom, chee, boom, 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 Yep, I think they're just going to be in these two horrible movies for eternity. Oh my god, like Jessica Lange in Coven. Naughty <laughs> Pine! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Madison Montgomery working at yeah. Bed Bath Yes. <laughs> Guess it's back to retail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I know their personal hell, or like, yeah, yes. this, this has to be what this is. This is Max's personal hell, seeing her mom have sex and die in this movie is her personal hell and that's what she has to suffer through yeah and she really deserved that for whatever reason <laughs> yeah they're dead they're dead I'm convinced they're dead I'm too I'm too we get Betty Davis eyes again I think that's a great song apparently uh, they originally wanted the song to be like a prayer but Madonna I guess they even like reached out that would have specific- been so much better they reached out to Madonna and she said you can literally use any song from my catalog Except for like a prayer, I don't license that song out. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, okay. She doesn't, which is weird. But apparently, it's in a scene from Never Been Kissed, and so they they were like, mm, that's not exactly true, Madonna. That's what I was going to talk about when she, um, when the prom, the infamous prom yeah. scene from Never Been Kissed, when she gets egged. Yeah. So they're like, Life is a oh, that would have been great. That would have been so good. But they went with Betty Davis eyes, which is so great. I do love that song, you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they actually reached out to Madonna personally. Yeah. I know she, and she wrote back and she's like, yeah, absolutely. Just not that one. <laughs> yeah. She basically said now. Yeah, she basically said that. You can't use no. any of my songs. You can use any song. Like, what were they going to do? Material Girl? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justify My Love. Justify <laughs> my love, my love. <laughs> I want to run naked piece. in Paris. Or what did she say? Yeah. On the cover of a magazine. I think it's Vogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. She starts voguing, yeah. during her strip tease, and then just ha- he hacks her hands off. <laughs> and then ha- she does an actual oh death drop. No, yeah, he hacks off one of her legs from below the knee and she death drops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yeah. Work, bitch. Work, bitch. Work. Lose she, that leg, she bitch. She did what needed to be done. Yeah. The the fingers. The fingers. There's always something about dance crying that gets me. Like, dancing while crying. I don't yeah. know why. That's almost like so it's sad. sad. It's sad. It's like, like, it's, like you're like, trying um, to have fun, but you're also like really sad. Well, back to Euphoria, it's like that scene in this latest season with Cassie at her birthday party, dancing and getting wrapped up in the ribbons oh of the balloons. Oh my god, I know. That was great. I know, like you just feel compelled to move your body, but you're so overcome with emotion. <sighs> uh, holy shit. Yeah. You're sad, but you also want to shake that ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I can relate. Um, well... Is that it? We I mean, that's, that's it. We said the we, final thoughts. I mean, I guess. I mean, we kind of didn't really touch on their their final battle, but I mean, it's like it's we lackluster, said. Mama. You think it's lackluster? I think so. I, I do the like way this, that they show Amanda or Nancy dying. I'm like, yeah. But do you know? But do you know? I I do kind of feel like happened, which I thought was kind of cool. Was it kind of looked like once Nancy died, it was as if Max was like filled with the strength of all the women that had been killed before. Like all of a sudden she was super strong. That's 
You're that's, imagining that. No, that's what it kind of looked like. She's like, Nancy died, and all of a sudden she was like granted the powers of the final girl. You're bringing in the Halloween 2018 mythology <laughs> girl. <laughs> Maybe, but she gets all strong, and then she, you know, it's almost like what we talk about. It's like, you know, the final girl goes from like being meek to like masculine. What did we say it was? Masculine. <laughs> masculine. Masculine. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We always uh, talk about that. It's like they, they. Yes, the trauma creates is the cocoon for the ultimate warrior butterfly to just come out. Yeah, exactly. And it's like Something that like moment. That. But I kind of like that it was like literally Nancy dying, like almost like leveled her leveled her up. You know? Yeah. 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 That is that's kind of cool when you think about it that way. I didn't see it like that, but now that you're saying it. I'm like, okay, it's and, there. I but then in my high mind, I was like, oh my God, she's filled with the strength of her sisters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's too much. Gertie and Vicky, yes. and Amanda, Nancy, and yeah, Tina. And, and Tina and Paula. Yeah. <laughs> and Kurt, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes, in, in your high mind, that is much more poetic than it plays out. That's true. Oh, well. Well, all right. Let's get that to the final good, thoughts then. Thank you. Thank you. I tried. Final thoughts. The overall idea of this movie is cool. Like almost like people looking back at home videos and wanting to like transport to that time and stop their loved ones from facing their fate because we all experience that at some point. Yeah. So I love the the heart of the story. I also love the elevated scenery, even though sometimes the flowers look a little tacky. I will say that this, even though it looks like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even though it looks like Mortal Kombat, I do love this purple fog with the red lightning. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just love some of the visuals, the credits in the sky, you know, like... Oh, yeah, that's such a good moment. It's such a good one. But there, there is something terrifying about that moment after when, like, the, the reel starts going and then the white light. Like, that is, like, seems like a nightmare to me. That's a nightmare. But then the rated R, the rated... <laughs> oh yeah, radar comes. Up. Yeah, but see that. But that sounds that looks scary too. That looks like something I'd have nightmares about. I don't fully understand this storyline, but it is entertaining, and I do like that it has heart, um, and that they can kind of translate the movie being sort of like watching a home video, and and then bringing in that element of the writer being the son of you know one of the famous characters of the exorcist that all works really well for me so it's very fun it has great visuals the cast is really charming yeah um, i would give it a three and a half out of five yeah i'd probably do the same three and a half i think it's really fun it's very short it's very to the point we don't get a lot of explanation as to what the hell is actually happening but you know if you just sort of lay back and uh accept it for what it is and don't try to think too hard it's actually a very cute charming movie and um, I really like the emotional center of it. I think the Max and the Nancy storyline is is very touching, and um, very. and knowing that it stems from a real story from a real place, like um, it sort of a, a makes you think about something that you maybe have never thought about before. You know, being yeah. the child of somebody who is immortalized on film, and you know, especially if they passed away, like you you have these things to remember them by, but it's yeah. not them. It's like it's 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 a it's a fake version of who they are even though it's them on screen they're not being themselves and um that must be a very strange thing to kind of 
to go through. And so I really enjoy that that backstory about it. I think it makes it a little more poignant. And um, yeah, I just think it's really fun. I love the cast. And uh, yeah, three and a half out of five for me. Yes. Well, that was the final girls. Yes. yes. Well, and now we are the final girls. We are at the final <gasps> part of our final maybe oh. episode. Oh my god. That is crazy. Yeah. This is the last of our episodes for a very long time. Yeah. And I think that we would both agree by saying we appreciate all of the love and support all that we've received. Of it. Holy shit. Over the like, past two years. Two years. Over four seasons. Talking to so many people that we never thought that we'd ever you know, get the chance to talk to and, you know, make fun connections and, and record with some of you guys. And like, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like who would have thought that we'd, we would record with people like homies or carpenter Queens or just like get to collaborate with people that we've never met in our personal lives, but we've been yeah. through this podcast have been able to meet so many amazing people. Um, also, I follow so many of the podcasters yeah. individually outside yeah. of their shows, like on my own Instagram. Yeah, uh, yeah same. Which is great. We've been able to make genuine connections with people. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's very nice to know that we've, we've, we'll be able to take that with us. And um, thank you to everybody who listens. Obviously, we wouldn't do this without you. Um, but it's it means a lot. Like, I can't even... Uh, when we started this, I couldn't even imagine, you know, having a hundred listens, let alone how many we have now which is I'm not gonna say what it is but I mean it's it's more than I could ever have dreamed of and and so thank you for that this was a lot more successful than we thought it would be I agree I think so too I mean here we are over two years later we've learned so much and I think that we've grown as people and we've uh, grown as friends I would say and that was so important and I'm very grateful for that too. So, yes, this has been such an amazing journey, and it's not over. It's just on pause for now. Yeah, it's on pause for now while we figure out um, what's next in the future. So, or when we'll ever be able to record together again? I oh my know. god! I know it's it's sad, but I mean, um, I also won't even get to talk to you as much because your guys' service on the those ships sucks. Sucks and sucks ass. But you know what? We'll make it work. I'll be in port. I'll get I get, you know, yeah. service in port. Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. And so, um Alright. Well, before we get too sappy, maybe we should just get out of yeah. here. But the show will still remain posted for eternity. Oh, uh, eternity. So you have to go just keep telling your friends about us. They have a hundred episodes yes. to listen to. Yes, and go back and watch movies that maybe you have never seen that we've covered and go back and listen to those episodes. Like all of our episodes are worth worth a, a, a shot, you know, worth a listen. And for those of you who communicate with us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers, Keep messaging us about stuff you're watching, about if we've seen certain movies that are coming out. Like, we want to still keep the discussion going. Hopefully, we can create some cool little posts that we can post on Instagram in the meantime. That might be where the show lives on in the meantime. So, yeah, follow us on Instagram, at Fear the Talking Queers. Yes, 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 yes. Um, maybe if you want to give us one one last rating, if you haven't done <laughs> it, go on Apple Podcasts, go on Spotify, 
Give yeah. us a review. We'd love to hear from you to know what you've Give thought about the show. Give us some inspiration to come back. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we're like Tinkerbell. If you don't clap for us, we die. We die. <laughs> murder. Yeah, you'll murder <laughs> us. Um, yeah, let us know what you've thought about the show. If it's meant anything to you, um, we would love to hear it. We'd love to give you, you know, a message or anything to thank you. So, um, yeah. yeah, then I think that kind of wraps it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Don't forget to listen to my other podcast in the meantime. Goodbye to Fear the Talking Queers. Goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, cool world. Goodbye. 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 This goodbye. has been ah! Sweet Screams, bitch. Forever. Thank <laughs> you.